You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Hi, good morning, and uh, welcome to Every Nation Greater Toronto Area. My name is Aaron Amadrud, and I'm a pastor here uh, with Every Nation GTA. And I would just like to extend a welcome again to anybody who's visiting. And uh, I'd also like to thank anybody who came out last Sunday when we were at Innes College at the University of Toronto. So a big thank you to everybody who came out then as well. So today we're continuing with our series, Ecclesia. And ecclesia is simply uh, the Greek word for church. And we're looking at the early church and the practices of the early church and how they're applicable to today. And uh, we're going to bring up our text, Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And it says this, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow, what an incredible portion of scripture. It sounds like an incredible church, doesn't it? And uh, the six practices that uh, we're looking at uh, of the early church found in this passage are deep relationship, learning truth, joyous worship, sacrificial service, communal prayer, and winsome witness. Now, you'll notice that we're we're kind of skipping ahead to win some witness. We haven't done communal prayer yet. Well, don't worry. Pastor Sheila is going to preach uh, an incredible message next week on communal prayer. I just know that. So, as Bert already mentioned, uh, the title of this morning's message is Winsome Witness. And I've said this. I put a tagline here. Be winsome to win some. Okay, and uh, we're going to highlight that last piece of verse 47, where it says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And we're going to just examine the cause and effect of that. Winsome, the word winsome, means attractive or appealing. The Apostle Paul tells the church in Corinth that believers are the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And that's found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 15. It's through the people of God, like you and I, that God attracts or makes his appeal to others. Now, I don't want to just focus on this text, but rather, what are the things that will make the Jesus in us attractive to those around us? And uh, 
talking about aromas and smells, there are smells that we find appealing and there are smells we find completely repulsive. And I want to start with the latter, okay? So in Waterloo Region, where I live, there's garbage pickup every two weeks. And uh, my wife, Crystal, finds garbage just repulsive. She hates it. And uh, we've got this kitchen garbage bin, and she'll tie it up, like she'll grab the bag out, tie it up, and she's got her face scrunched up, and she's actually making gurgling noises as she's tying it up. It's like... <laughs> and she ties it up quickly, she hands it to me, and I have to go to the take it to the back of the house where the garbage can is. And this isn't an easy job, because I've got a very secure garbage... All right, so it's got the handles that pop up over the lid, and not only that, but there's straps, rubber straps on the lid attached. Uh, they they kind of hook onto the handles to keep them in place so they can't come down. So I'm fighting with this thing, trying to get it undone, and I will just get the lid open enough so I can see the target area. And as I'm looking in there, sometimes I even find maggots. Whoa. Because, yeah, I know, right? Incredible. But it's because two weeks is like years and years and years in garbage time. All right? So I just have that thing open as brief as possible so I can shoot that garbage in. And then I close the lid. But there's still that wafting, you know, thing that comes and hits my face as I'm, as I'm doing this. And then I'm, I keep you know, working on it and fighting with this garbage and get the lid on, get the handles up, get the straps on. And then I take a few steps and I take a breath of fresh air because I've been holding my breath this whole time, ever since I've gotten a hold of this garbage pretty much. And that is a very repulsive smell. And I haven't even gone into composting. And to all of you who compost, guess what? I salute you. Much respect to the composters today. And uh, to, to uh, make the inside of our home smell nice, uh, we have like vanilla scented candles. We have cinnamon scented candles. Uh, what else do we have? We've got plug-in air fresheners. Uh, some people burn incense. There's even some of you who have these tacky air fresheners hanging from the rear view of your car mirrors, you know, the rear view mirror in your cars to make it smell nice. And we want to smell fresh and clean ourselves. So we use shampoos, conditioners, body wash, deodorants, antiperspirants, colognes, perfumes, toothpaste, right? Mouthwash, breath strips, Tic Tacs, etc., etc. And uh, there's a story I have as well about deodorant. So my son, Elias, uh, he's, he's worked hard all summer, but he's on this trip right now to Cancun, Mexico to visit his girlfriend. He's very lucky, I know. He's relaxing at the beach and having a great time. But before he went, he asked his mother... Uh, the talented and beautiful Mrs. Crystal Amadrew to pick him up some Old Spice Fiji or Oasis deodorant. He was very specific. No other brand would do. No other, uh, you know, scent would do. And while Crystal was down picking it up, 
I got a phone call and she says, would you like some too? And I found out that in, I, I checked in the cabinet, bathroom cabinet to make sure I had some, you know, I knew I did, I had some. And, uh, I realized that I had three different types of underarm deodorant or antiperspirant in my cabinet. That's a bit excessive, but one was running low, so I said, sure, pick me up one. And uh, the point is this, we all want to smell good, right? We all want to be attractive. And um, today we're going to look at five things that will help us be attractive in our witness. Uh, the first two are foundational and the last three are practical, but the first two kind of diffuse and permeate through the last three. So to be attractive in our witness means being number one, aligned with the Holy Spirit. John Wesley, an 18th century evangelist and revivalist said this, I believe the infinite an eternal spirit of God, equal with the Father and Son, to be not only perfectly holy in himself, but the immediate cause of all holiness in us, enlightening our understandings, rectifying our wills and affections, renewing our natures, uniting our persons to Christ, assuring us of the adoption of sons, leading us in our actions, purifying and sanctifying our souls and bodies to the full and eternal enjoyment of God. Wow, what a quote. There is so much in there about the Holy Spirit and the, the work that he, he does in our lives. And it is the Holy Spirit that gives me the power to live Christ, uh, righteously and to be like Christ. Uh, this doesn't happen overnight. The process of sanctification, being formed into the image of Christ, or becoming holy in practice, not just standing, uh, it, it will take the rest, it'll take me the rest of my life. And as I do the good deeds that God has prepared beforehand for me to do in partnership with the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a sweet fragrance of God released in my life that draws others towards Jesus. However, when I'm not aligned with the Holy Spirit and I do things in my own strength, sometimes the wrong unsanctified smell can seep out of this can. All right. And, and we talked about what is repulsive. Sometimes there's attitudes and, and things that seep out and they are a little bit off putting, right? And this, this isn't good because sometimes it can deter people from following Jesus. Jesus had this to say uh, to the scribes and Pharisees. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. And we don't want to be people that just look good on the outside. We want to be people that have had actual transformation of the Holy Spirit in our lives and that there's good things coming out of us. If you recall back at the beginning of July, Pastor Richard preached a sermon entitled uh, Devoted, which kicked off this series. And he was drawing on Proverbs 4.23, and he said this, 
Our wants, desires, and loves are at the core of who we are. They form our actions and behaviors. They flow from the heart. Everything you do flows from it. Uh, With this in mind, I should be taking stock of the places where I need to be renewed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two, to be attractive in our witness means being after God's heart. As you and I mature in our faith and grow in Christ, we should be growing in our understanding of God's character and nature. Although not nearly complete, a basic picture of God's heart in regards to witness is this. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. We love because he first loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. It's actually through the word of truth that we gain God's perspective. And and this is on all types of matters. You can test nearly anything against the word of God to find out if it's valid or not. Uh, Now, I know that all Christians don't agree. So yes, there are some exceptions to this, but they are minor. And uh, I would encourage you to test out things against the word of God. It is true and it won't let you down. It does not change. Another resource you could access is other believers that God has placed around you. And and, uh, I'm not talking about opinions on the internet, okay, because that's not people close to you. But God has placed certain people around us so that we will grow as followers of Jesus. And I'd just like to refer you to our Every Nation GTA vision statement. This is an incredible statement. And you can find it on our website uh, in the About section, Our Vision, okay? As a church, we envision being a multi-ethnic people of all ages who passionately follow Jesus together on his mission to bring gospel transformation to the people and culture of Toronto and through it to the world. And that's that's how the gospel works. When you are reaching somebody who's local, uh, we know that half the people in Toronto weren't born there. You are actually reaching the ends of the earth. And that is an incredible thing. And it's also incredible that we're not alone, that we can be together on the on the things Jesus would have us to be about, to be on his mission. Being aligned with the Holy Spirit and a person of God's heart will provide a solid and stable foundation for you and I to live out our faith and to share it with others. Imagine yourself being like this diffuser here. If we added oil and water to this and we plugged it in, this place would be filled up with steam and uh, it'd be filled out with a nice smell because of the oil that we've put in it. And just imagine that oil uh, being like the presence of God in your life 
and uh, the fragrance coming out like the fragrance of Christ in your life. And uh, we're going to move on to number three. Just remember that these first two uh, go into three, four, and five. And, and it kind of just, it's that scent that comes out. It's that, that oil of the Holy Spirit that comes out as, as we um, interact with others. Number three, to be attractive in our witness means being acknowledging of others. Last week while preaching on sacrificial service, Pastor Burt had a tremendous quote. He said, may I suggest one of the greatest problems we face at this time is loneliness and discouragement. Therefore, one of the greatest ways we can serve one another is through connection and encouragement. And I have completely ripped off this quote, as you can see, and I have switched out serve one another, and I have added witness to another is through connection and encouragement. And it's true, right? Because Witnessing is actually just connecting with people and it's sharing the good news, which is encouraging. It's more encouraging than any other message. And uh, Jesus was an expert at connecting with others. When we look at uh, the Gospels and in Luke chapter 19, we have the story of Jesus going and visiting Jericho. And there is a man in that city that is the chief tax collector. He's a very small man named Zacchaeus, and he desperately wants to see Jesus. In fact, he's so desperate, he runs ahead of the crowd and he climbs up into a sycamore tree. And when Jesus comes to that place where Zacchaeus is, he actually invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house. And uh, Luke points out that this is actually not uh, not very uh, not very popular in the opinion of the crowd because Zacchaeus is kind of not a good person in their culture or society because he's collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. He's kind of a sellout or a traitor, and you know those aren't good things, right? Um, but the influence that Jesus had on Zacchaeus was so tremendous; it was so powerful that Zacchaeus actually, uh, he received, it says he received Jesus joyfully. And uh, the effect was this, that he decided to repay whoever he had um, wronged four times what he owed them. And now, if, if you know anything about tax returns, four times is an incredible tax return, right? Is what you paid? Oh, wow you know, like, or overpaid, that'd be incredible. So today I would ask you, who is your neighbor? And in Canada, we have this culture where we kind of uh, keep to ourselves. It actually runs, sometimes our culture can run contrary to the culture of the kingdom of God. And uh, we have this culture in Canada where we don't talk about things that might tip people the wrong way, right? We don't like to talk about religion. We don't like to talk about politics or, or other things with those around us. We kind of keep very private about this. But I'm telling you that God wants you to know your neighbors. He wants you to know those who are around you because he wants to know those people. He wants them to come into relationship with him. So I'd, I'd say this, keep a lookout also not only for your neighbor, but for those in need. Uh, 
when I acknowledge others and listen to their concerns, it shows that I care about them. And that's, that's very important. Don't underestimate the power of presence. If I am the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, is it possible that God could use me to, sp- to speak to other people? Is that possible? And I submit to you, yes, indeed, God wants to speak through you to others. Number four, to be attractive in our witness means being authentic. And this is, this is crunch time right here. As the Holy Spirit works in us, we gain and we gain the mind of Christ and we become more and more like the real deal, right? We're being formed into the image of Christ. Our actions and, uh, sorry, our attitudes and actions are going to be affected and how we interact with others changes. Um, Some attitudes that I've noticed that have been affected are these. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm way more thankful than I used to be. In fact, I'm generous because I know that Jesus is my provider and whatever I give, he is going to more than return to me. I work unto Jesus. I do things to the best of my ability. I'm careful in what I say. I speak differently to those who are close to me. I display patience. There's a sense of peace that I carry. And this one I added, although I struggle with it, and I'll just tell you what it is. I value the opinions of others. If you know me, I'm a very excitable person. And when we start talking, sometimes I might talk over people. And it's just because I'm excitable. But I really have to remember to value the opinions of others. My actions that have been affected. Guess what? When I go to work, I start on time. My breaks aren't too long. I treat people well. I'm genuinely concerned about people. And I can be unselfish to others so that they'll benefit. I act with kindness and gentleness as well. And uh, just just this week, my workplace, I for those of you who know, I work um, for a genetics company as well during the week. And uh, we're short of employees right now at work. And there was other, uh, we had to get in other people from another work site and they came and worked with us this past week. And they were telling other people that how much they really enjoyed working with me. And it, I was working hard and, and they liked that because they knew that they would be able to leave sooner if if I did that. And they were surprised by that because it might mean to for me that I might have more work that day. Because if I got finished something early, maybe I would have to do another job or do whatever. So, so they really appreciated the effort that I put forward, even though it was costing me something. And they noted that. And when we interact with those who don't know Jesus, right? We, sometimes I'm, I'm just going to offer this up. We don't need to be guarded, so guarded. Some, like their sin isn't going to rub off on us. You know, like sometimes we we treat uh, others with disdain because of their sin. But do we love the sinner? And Jesus is calling us to, to love people. And when we look at others, are we looking at them as 
people who Jesus wants to be in relationship with for eternity? Or are we just trying to witness to them uh, so that we can convert them? And Jesus doesn't simply want converts. He wants to be in deep relationship. So you're saying today, maybe I'm not perfect and there's still smelly areas of my life. Well, guess what? We're not all perfect, but we know the one who is perfect and we walk in an abundance of grace. And I would just like to to encourage you with that, that you can start to witness because of who Jesus is and that you walk in his grace. Number five, to be attractive in our witness means being able to articulate the gospel. And some people call this gospel fluency. How well do you know the language of the gospel? And uh, this might be a scary thing for some people. And uh, it's only scary um, when we haven't given enough time to it. And we can get to know the gospel very well. We can get to know who Jesus is very well when we spend time in his word, when we read, when we study. And I've actually, uh, you know, given us a toolbox. And it's important to dig into these things because the output will never exceed the input, okay? You can only put out what you've put in. And uh, so we've got a couple different things here. Treasure hunting. Um, I went to Vancouver uh, earlier in June to talk to some students um, um, at Simon Fraser University, and I was doing this with a whole bunch of group, like a group of every nation people. We just hit that campus and talked to people. And we, we did this. We prayed and we went out. And then we asked, who is God highlighting to, to you? And what this means is maybe God will speak to you when you see somebody or he'll tell you something about them that you wouldn't know otherwise. And this is called a word of knowledge. And uh, this is a, a very uh, effective way of doing evangelism. There's also other things that I've included here. Number two is a spiritual pulse survey. And uh, this was, I believe, was actually created by um, Pastor Greg Mitchell in Vancouver. Uh, the Vancouver team uses this all the time. And there's a set of about four questions, different questions or four groups of 10, I should say, questions. And it's a very effective way to witness to people. I've also put down the God Test app on, uh, you can find it at Apple App Store or Google Play Store. And then I said, for me, my app doesn't work anymore. I'm not sure why that is. But you can click on Train Me and it'll give you the questions there. It'll also give you uh, some explanation of the gospel. And there's some training videos on there as well, which are really, really good. And I've included these um, this toolbox because we need to practice evangelism. And uh, these are some very effective ways to so for you to use your study and turn it into practice. All right. Uh, in closing, I just want us to look at Romans ten fourteen. The truth is this: How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear? without someone preaching. 
Um, let's have a renewed passion for the lost. Maybe there's people that came to your mind today. I'd encourage you to pray for those people. Start by praying for them. Um, ask God to remove anything that's hindering them from coming to the truth. And then maybe ask God, how should I engage the, these people? How should I engage this person? Um, keep displaying who Jesus is to, to them. And then step out as you feel the Holy Spirit is leading you. And this might seem like uh, going to the pool and you wade into about your waist and it's really cold and you just have to take the plunge. All right. And uh, Dr. Rice Brooks, uh, one of the co-founders of Every Nation, says, remember SALT. And SALT is an acronym for start a conversation, ask questions, listen, and then tell the story. And that's a, that's a very powerful way in which you can easily uh, share the gospel. My ask today is, would you commit to being the aroma of Christ in the places where God has placed you? And could God make his appeal through you? Let's be winsome to winsome. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.